0: How you doing, everybody? David Hall. Hello. Greg Hector. Hey, everybody. And special guest, Malik Ray. Hey, how you guys doing today? Hey, well, welcome back. And kind of timely to have you on since you won the pro race this week at Daytona. Congratulations on that. But before we jump into the pro series and what you're doing there, let's talk about what you've done since you've been on the show last. So I believe you came on the show about a year ago and we checked in with you then let's talk about what's happened since then. Now I've kind of looked around to see what you've been up to. And uh, the first thing I noticed is you won the Indy 500,
1: not even once, but twice this year. Yeah, that was really big for me. Um, So um, I don't really run the Indy cars a bunch or at all really. So so just to be able to say that I've won that race twice is pretty, pretty you know impressive like it means a lot to me
0: so how much prep did you do i mean did you have a setup did you have to work on a setup did you just hop in the race on a whim or what
1: um so both of the races i just hopped in there they were just both on whims and um and it just happened to work out i had to get used to the car um you know like being how do i put this like like um It was just tight, like behind people, tighter than on oval stock cars. And once I got accustomed to that, then it, um, you know, it wasn't that hard, I guess.
0: Okay. Now, based on your oval I rating, though, uh, you were
1: probably top split, right? Or close to it, right? Um, I think that was based off of qualifying. That series oh, was based that's off right. of Curie. Yeah.
0: That's one of the few races they do that on. Yeah. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations there. And then not long after, it looks like you won the Coke 600, which is our longest race.
1: Yeah. Um, so um, so I did three of those during that one week, and I managed to win two of them. And um and the second one, it was pretty impressive. I think it had to end on a 127 lap um, green flag run, I think. It was me and Casey at the end of it, and I was able to just get on his outside and just edge him out of the line. So I was pretty hyped about that one.
0: Boy, after 600 uh, miles, that's uh, something to take it down to the last lap like that. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, that
0: was very wild. Okay, so that's part of the NIS series. Uh, do you run any other NIS besides the you know the big events?
1: Um, uh, not really. I'll run the mile and a half, but as far as like the short tracks and stuff like that, I don't really run those that often.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about the Coke season uh, for 2020. Um, and you know, when I look back at your finishes and and how you, things came about, 30 second points. I think the phrase was, you know, how was your luck this year?
1: Um, so I think the series. Um, It was 20 races, and I was wrecked in in 12 of them, no, 13 of them. So it was pretty bad. Um, So I've been in Coke for for two years now, and, you know, I just kept getting wrecked in all the races, and it was a really bad disappointment to say the least. Yeah, it was just, it was very, very bad.
0: So what do you think it is? Is it really just boiled down to luck of the draw, or is it... Something you're doing wrong, you're not putting yourself in the right place. I mean, have
1: you boiled it down to what the problem is? Um, I truly just think as drivers, like we're very aggressive and and I would just always I would just get caught up in something like every other week. Like I didn't have any incident points for the whole season. But I just kept being involved in other people's stuff. Like I qualified second at Michigan and and the guys um I believe it was it was Jeremy R. Allen. He got underneath me in turn three on lap two and he destroyed me. So I I was in second and I got wrecked. And I've also been in thirty second and I've been wrecked there too. So like it's not really if you're not in the in the lead, it's not really safe, like at any point in, um in that series. So yeah. Well,
0: I think you're just experiencing something that happens in racing in general where it ebbs and flows your luck. And uh, it just seems like you had a lot of rough luck this year. Uh, a lot of times when I watched the races, you were getting caught up in other people's stuff that you really had nothing to do with.
1: And, and it's kind of how that went. Yeah, like I would go into the races. I would go into the race nervous, but I would try to just mind my business during the race and just make sure that I never like drove my car and stuff. So that would mean... That um, like i will be taking it easy, and then they would wreck like four or five cars in front of me, and I wouldn't have anywhere to go. And then I just get collected in it. And it's just stuff like that just kept happening over and over to the point of where now, like you know, I'm in the Pro Series. So,
0: okay, so let's let's talk about that. You've been relegated down to the Pro Series. You got to race your way back to the Coke Series, and I think you've turned the the corner here on the luck. I mean, you got a brand new series, first race out, and P one. And I guess my question about the race was, boy, you know, up front there, especially at the end, uh, towards the end, you were doing the whole Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano thing, switching lanes to protect the lead. Now, all of us are restrictor plate racers, and we know that's dangerous, and and not a lot of people do it, and if they do it, they don't do it well. You were doing it well. You weren't wrecking anybody, and it was working. So... My question is, is who's leading those decisions? Is it you
1: or is it your spotter? Are you doing what the spotter says or what's going on? Um, uh, how do I put this? That's more so just me. The only thing that I would have a spotter for is to tell me that if the third groove is coming, because sometimes I can't see that if I'm on the very bottom lane. But for the most part, when I'm moving from like, um, like the middle and then down to the bottom and then back to the middle, that's all just me. Like I'm just looking in my mirror the whole time. Like I would go up high if my teammate, Michael Guest, like if he got hot, then I would go high to give him air. And I'd make my other teammate that was in the middle groove up until he got tired of it, I would make him push me. Then when he got hot, then I would go back low to help out Guest. So. And,
0: you know, that really helped you a lot with all your uh, teammates about. Um, now, at the end, it looked like you were settling in the middle uh, for the going to the checker. And I thought for sure you were going to pick the outside because the outside all night long, it seemed like to be the one that would get the momentum. They'd be able to push past and the leader could drop low. And But you stayed in the middle at the end. How come?
1: Um. So the reason why I stayed in the middle is because the two teammates that, are, that were on the bottom, they were just content to just stay there. And the guy that was behind me, he, he was also my teammate. And he had like, um, how do I put this? Um, he had nose damage and stuff. So if I ever would have went like, um, like to the top groove, that would have just destroyed him because he wouldn't have had enough speed to keep up. So I just tried to stay middle and I was just trying to be like a team player to just, you know, at least make sure that that if someone was going to win, it was going to be someone from my team. Well,
0: and yeah, and he was committed to pushing you probably with his damage. That's what it was his best shot Mm -hmm. at a finish. So. Okay, well, that makes sense, and it worked out, and for the for once, the middle prevailed, and uh, I don't know if it's, you know, the way he was pushing, or maybe the top lane stalled a little bit, but it worked out for you, and in fact, as you were coming to the checker, I think you were the only car not wrecked.
1: Yeah, um, so I think someone tried to swerve low coming out of three and four, and then they came back up off the apron and then that just caused everyone to wreck behind me. And I was the only guy that was, you know, I was ahead of everyone. So I couldn't get hooked or anything.
0: Okay. Um, tell us what, how is it going with the the team? And I mean, I, I think you guys had the top four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but we saw another team, Norse Force out there. They were looking pretty good. They had an alternate strategy. I
1: think, I don't know if you piggybacked on that or what um so um north sports they were up there and we were just trying to just separate them because all four of them lined up like if all four of them are lined up they're going to be really hard to beat as that was the case for um for dead zone who which is the current you know the team that i'm on w- w- what not but um their strategy it would have worked if they would have gotten the caution at the right time they just didn't get the caution at the right time so it didn't work out for them yeah, and they lost the majority of their teammates in that big wreck that happened, I think it was, like, pretty early in the race with um, some lap car on the bottom and Taylor Hurst. That right. took out, like, three of them, like, just in that, you know, in that wreck alone, so. Okay,
0: so let's look forward at the Pro Series. You know, when I look at it, I feel like it's short. And I don't know if there's any drop weeks. And so that means you really can't screw up. I mean, uh, what are you looking forward to as we move uh, through this series?
1: Um, So um, there's one drop. So you basically get five races. And and I'm just trying to make sure that I can just qualify up front and just stay out of everyone's way. Um, I already have the points lead. I have a good good size lead. It's five points. So, you know, I can finish six and it's not going to hurt me too bad um i'm just trying to go into auto club and get a top 10 and um and hopefully by the by the by the third race i would like to have a whole race over 20th so if i do happen to get wrecked and it does like like you know like hurt me pretty bad in points it doesn't completely knock me out so by the third race i want to have an entire race lead over 20th if that makes sense
0: it does So of the five races left, which one do you think will end up being your drop? Which one Um, do you think will be the worst race for you?
1: um, If I had to guess off the top of my head, I would probably say Dover because I'm not very good there And that track. Normally, if we get a caution after halfway, it tends to be a caution fest. And that race is also very short. I I believe, I think Dover is only 120 or 130 laps and the lap times are obviously very um you know what you would call it they're fast there so yeah that's going to be a very um you know short race
0: okay very good um my next question is now that you've run with uh you know obviously the people you've run with from the coke series that have moved back to the pro series but the other newcomers to the pro series of those newcomers I mean, who should we watch out for? I mean, who were you impressed by
1: uh, at Daytona? Um, i w- uh, hang on a second. Let me look at the drivers list. Um, I would say Alan Bowes definitely. Um, and then Anthony Burrows and um, and- which were
0: both top ten there for the mm-hmm. longest time.
1: Yeah, especially um, um, <clears throat> Alan because his car was completely destroyed and he was still able to get a second place there, which was really good. Um, I know Taylor Hurst is very quick. He's a very good driver. Um, who else? And there's one more. Mitchell DeJong. Right. If he ever... Yeah. He he's a track <laughs> Yeah. He's a very good guy. He, he's very good.
0: Well, I like Steven Wilson three. He was up there for a long time and before he got wrecked out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to be also... Uh, um, the very good guy.
0: Well, it's it's going to be uh, fascinating to watch. Uh, you know the the broadcast on podium. There at the bottom uh, split is also covering it. So there's two race broadcasts, and uh, I had them both going. It was a blast to watch you guys and 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 Malik. You guys, you know, were working it, getting up to the front was uh, was fun to watch. Now you were using that outside lane quite a bit, and you guys were taking turns pushing. And then I think I even saw you switch at one point where one would drop low and you guys would switch and then push again.
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, so the top groove, I tried to I kinda tried to go when everyone was just tame and everyone was cool, we're riding side by side, because then they just leave the top open versus trying to like wait until there's like 20 laps to go. Cause once you get like the twenty laps to go, then it was three by three by three, then so you couldn't go anywhere. So I tried to get to the front when it was at the most calm. And then I was just, um, I was just gonna try to stay there, and it worked out pretty good, so I can't complain.
0: Okay. Well, we look forward to watching the rest of the Pro Series. Now, when I look at your profile to see what else you're running, I see a lot of uh, A and B fixed uh,
1: lately, and
0: uh, it looks like what you've been doing.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've been trying to get the, I've been trying to run the B car because that's my slowest car, out of the top three series that's the current car they're running in the pro series so I'm trying to get better at driving that car or just in fixed setups in general so in return like it'll transfer over to the pro series
0: seat time right yeah I hear you All right and then our one final question I got for you is we were uh think looking at your nicknames and one nickname that you've had I think it was on your profile page, said Chocolate Rocket. But another one that came up was MFR. So which one is it?
1: Um, I would have to go by both. I mean, the Chocolate Rocket one, that one's just kind of funny because someone gave me that like years ago. That's like, <laughs> like, when I was like 13 or 14. So I'm kind of just like, it's like no one calls me that. I've just held on to it because it's a funny name. And the MFR one, that like, this kind of stems like like from... um
0: what's well, a nod kyle, to kyle bush, bush yeah. right yeah and then with you guys both doing the rowdy stuff uh with the uh the sponsor right mm-hmm. yeah but so, Mike, cool. what, I, what i was thinking there too with uh
2: the his nickname there i mean he shows a lot of enthusiasm on his streams and stuff too which you know when you go for a win and stuff i'm used to watching when i watch your stream you you know, your your hype for when you, you're you coming across the mm-hmm. line. We have one of your favorite clips there played a couple, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, and you were just screaming coming to the line.
0: It was a what, truck race with Raja Carruth?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I was mean, fun to watch with because he was screaming, you were screaming, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I'm we love your enthusiasm. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I just, I, it's just, it's just, I just get excited during the races because I'm putting like my one hundred percent into them. which which
2: is good because you know it, your your passion has to come out somehow and mm-hmm. and we don't we don't get to you know there's no pre race interviews or things like that to where we see you guys as the drivers right we get to see you on twitch and things like that um and and we enjoy it through that way i mean, it's nice that they added the the camera this year to having. In the in the and then Coke series, so that we could actually you know visually see how you guys are racing and stuff. But um, I just hope over the year it gets bigger for you guys, so that you can uh, um, so we can see your personalities
1: outside of sim racing. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I hope so that they're gonna do that. Not for next year. They've been talking about us in emails and stuff like that. So hopefully, you know, what should we call? It? They'll change some stuff around.
0: Well, you got to get top twenty first, so let's get that done. you got a great head start as the points leader, Malik. Uh, congratulations on the win. Man, I hope you go out and get you another one or get you a top three or something and just pad that points lead.
1: I'm trying, man. I'm trying.
0: All right. Well, thank you for coming on for the second time on the iRacers Lounge podcast. And, hey, good luck to you. We'll be watching.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate it.
0: All right. You bet. We're happy to have you. Okay, with that, we're going to jump to topics, and topics are sponsored by Schoolyard Setups. Struggling to crawl in the top 10 of the road to pro? Always in the back of that Xfinity or can't find that extra tent to compete in the NASCAR iRacing Series? Visit schoolyardsetups.com to get race-ready setups for the NASCAR A, B, and C Series each week. We got a new referral code. It's Lounge, L O N. L-O-U-N-G-E if I can spell Lounge use that referral code when you sign up to let them know that you heard about it on the iRacers Lounge podcast and I want to thank Mike for uh, being able to change
2: that so it's a little bit easier for you guys to uh, enter it in, Um, just make sure you capitalize the L It's, it's Lounge with a capital L and then lowercase everything else is lowercase yeah
3: I guess I'll take the first topic uh, we have the average I rating, most recent update uh, posted by Rob Crouch. And it looks like your kind of usual curve. What's interesting is if you, uh, if you have a 3,500 or above, you're in the top 5 or 6% for both road and oval. And the, the majority of the racers, are actually hanging out around 1,000 and 1,500. And both curves are, are really about the same
2: which is probably indicative of average, right? Like they're average drivers around the average rating. It just, it once you get in that, what is it, 1,500 to 2,500 range, it's kind of back and forth. You kind of do an up and down all the time in there. It's when it's only some people that can push through and get past it and, and keep going. Um, I did have someone that I was uh, messaging today sent me a, a clip of a bottom split truck series race that had the highest I rating. The number one was 975 I rating and the lowest one was 75 in that race. <laughs> it was the lowest. Scary. Ever, it, it's kind of scary uh, what it was from, but uh, I was kind of glad uh, that I saw it, but it's, you know, there's, it could be a bunch of those are people, new people to the sim and working their way up. But this kind of, this crafts, they know they don't really change much, do they
0: over the, the times that we look at them No, the mean i rating for paved oval is 1855 so that's the average and if you're above 1855 that means you're above average hey guys i made it i'm uh 2350 so i am well above the average so i guess that means i'm an okay driver
3: and the way i rating is done you know it's basically what you call i guess a zero sum game so everybody starts with the 1500 and you either take I rating from somebody or you give it.
2: Have they ever said what the actual thing is? Or well, is every thing
3: it's, it's based on the formula, you know, is based on you get, you get points for how many people you finish ahead and, and you lose points for how many, for the people you finish behind based on your I rating compared to their I rating. Um, but, and then there's also the factor of the last 20 races. So as some of your bad races fade away, it, it kind of comes and goes, so it probably is not exactly the number of users times fifteen hundred, but it it still averages out that way. You you know you're either going to gain if for everybody that's gaining, there's somebody losing. And we yeah. talked
0: about as add, as users are added to the service, that the potential for what the top i rating can be goes higher. I think it used to be ten thousand, now it can be eleven thousand. I think. Yeah, well, it, we're waiting for the eleven thousand one, aren't we? Well, according to this graph, there's somebody there, but it doesn't say who. It has a number one on it in red. Well, wow, you you can That's find it road. really easily. Yeah,
3: I'll I'll go take a look while we move on it's to the probably, next topic. Probably
0: uh, what's your name,
2: uh, Ty Majewski, or yeah, or it's or, right? Ty Majewski. If it's on oval, if it's on road, right. it would be Benek
3: Banne- Max Benneke, right? I'll look it up while you uh, tell us about tire limits, Greg. Okay, so uh, Tyler Hudson
2: posted in the forums that uh, he's going to try something for the, is it for the fixed and the open? Okay. So it's the uh, over the next couple of weeks of the A, B and C oval series that are fixed. Um, they're going to have an extra set of tires. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I'm getting, obviously it's based on what is one set you start with and then two additional sets. So they got three sets total. I just want to try something here, and it, and it obviously brought up a discussion that he's trying to see what people think of, uh, of adding this to the series, I guess, for, for some reason uh, to help out the racing there. I don't know. I, I haven't been in the fixed series or the open series of the A's much. Um, is well,
0: tires low on that? well i think the thread started as a request to add to make changes to the tire limits is what it was and that was tyler reacting to the thread and saying okay i'll give you another set and so that's what's happening and so uh i think kevin king was actually the start of this thread he's a former coke driver from the past but uh he basically lobbied that maybe we need another set to you know with to help with the strategy and whatnot yeah but I I don't see I I have a feeling we're 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 giving
2: into uh, the wrong way with these things. You want more strategy? Yeah, you add another set. You but that it goes both ways. If you take if you have the same sets you were, you you'd be fine. But if you add another set, it's just another opportunity uh, that I don't. You know the the open series aren't that long to need three sets of tires.
3: That and um, if you if you want to compare it to what we had in in the real world, in a cup race, how many, we we didn't hear that many times this year whether or not people were worried about whether they were going to run out of a set of tires or not, right? Whereas that is specifically a part of truck strategy. You know, they are very limited, so I think it should it should be a lot lower in in truck and xfinity but use in most cases it shouldn't be a factor in cup and, it, and there's been a couple times in nis where it, it ended up being a factor or a open whether you know whether or not you had the fresh tires at the end
0: well that's the thing i mean the argument is there's one set of tires and it, it's like a who decides to get tires or who doesn't when the caution comes out and based on that decision you're either going to win the race or lose the race based on that one thing and so they're saying let's have more tires so that's not the only thing that plays into it so if there's another caution there's another opportunity for people to do something different but like what david was saying there look at the truck series uh how the championship was won
2: in the actual truck series was on set of tires compared to not having set tires so so they saved tires the guy that stayed out didn't have tires and lost the championship because of it it seems like people do not like the fact that they're going to actually have to think in the race they want to you know it seems to me that you they want to be able to just throw on a set of tires and kamikaze your way to the front like it used to be and we've done that for years we haven't really given this tire thing a full shakedown i just feel like we're going to end up reverting back to old habits um that we used to have if they keep if you keep giving it into it. it this should be more realistic and sim like not um, throw on another set of tires because you roasted them real early on a restart.
3: And something that actually really did change even in it, both in NIS and a open is kind of right along those same lines of what you said in the old days, if you ever tried to stay out just for track position, you would basically get run over if you weren't already one of the faster guys, right now that we've gotten accustomed to having older tires in the front in, in these kind of situations, because it's going to happen. People have actually started having to be more patient on restarts. And and in most cases, except for Martinsville, that's resulted in some cleaner restarts.
2: Well, I agree. What it's done is it's like you're saying, it's changed the mentality of people when they, when they're coming to the green flag, you know, use before it was, oh, he's got tires. If I run them over, it's his fault or doesn't have tires. they, They should have pit. They shouldn't have stayed out. You're right, David. Like now, it's it's ingrained in us that okay, this guy is you know you don't know what his strategy is, so you've got to be careful to get around it. This is where you need we where we need to keep going though. Is that this needs to keep happening? You can't we can't now all of a sudden divert the other way again and go okay now I'm gonna have tires through the you know if, what is it what's the truck races? They can't be more than a hundred laps in any of their tracks. So unless it's one of the small tracks, so do you really need? that many sets if you're going through that many sets you really need to learn how to save
0: tires too yeah what uh, kevin king put in here is a quote of one of the reasonings he says too many races are being affected by the random roll of the dice and it has also created worse racing because people are worried about saving their set so they stay out and typically end up being the next yellow due to speed difference here's an idea stop complaining about what other people do and stop
2: and just start racing this is everybody wants to find an excuse well get better at racing they don't they don't complain Greg about the amount Kevin of time but i'm just saying like it's it seems like it's an odd you know it seems like the guys that were winning are now complaining because they're going to lose races because somebody had a better strategy yet didn't have the best car in the field guess what that's how life is that's how racing is in real life that's what I see it as being too, right? Some and of these guys are losing wins that they thought that they would have because someone's got newer tires over them too.
3: And I would contend that it hasn't made for worse racing.
4: It's definitely made for more strategic racing because um, that that uh, having that tire limit really changed um, strategies quite a bit more than it did when you know tires are free. Anybody can grab any sets
0: they need. Well, the, what he says here is that a fifty-five lap race? You get a caution on lap ten. You have one set, one set. Do you pit or do you don't? Well, half the pit pits, the half of them don't because they want to save their tires for later in the race. You know. Okay, but if you're getting on lap ten, if you need to
2: pit, that's on the people that have to pit too. Like it, it like it doesn't seem like anything. The only tracks that you would need to pit after ten laps that with tire amounts would be like Darlington or Atlanta or. You know, something that you're using a lot of tires on. It just, it seems like it's an argument just to go back to what it was. That's what I'm, it, I, because of what you're saying there, Mike, who wrote, who came up with this, it sometimes seems like it's some of these guys are thinking that some of the wins have been stolen away from them and they're not liking it.
0: Uh, very well could be. Like so, you said, roll the dice. Guess
2: what? Some people that, you know, can't go and make sets like you, this is another way that people win races in real life. Just it's 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 part of what we're doing if you don't want to have strategy go run a, ro- go run an hour race in an IMSA race or something like that and don't have to do tires or fuel at all
4: yeah the faster car doesn't always win sometimes it's the smarter driver
2: how many of the races on the of the the, the two of the three races for the championship this year uh, at the end there the only one that was decided by the best car was the Cup Series. The other two were based on tires
3: and strategy. So, and, so that's going to come down to a, a value judgment. It's what do you value? Always having the, first car, the best car or having the other factors be a part of the race?
2: Here's an idea. If you want more tires, you cash in at the beginning of the race and it takes away a safety rating or I rating. And you, you kind of have a currency if you want more tires. You want to do something different? Start having a currency
4: for some of this stuff
3: wow so how often do you have to change tires on uh dirt brian
4: when the race is over just when you change tires (laughs) so uh we actually got some feedback last this week from uh, a listener heath rope r-o-p-p or rop um we uh talked about the uh the world Outlaw sprint car series starting back up last week and and none of us caught it because it was on dirt vision it wasn't on the typical um youtube videos that uh, i racing is typically on so uh uh heath came back and wrote to us and said that uh that it's still being broadcasted on dirt vision for free you just got to sign up um you can watch it live on monday nights when it's uh, actually being run it's uh, still free and uh but it seems as though the, the replays are being posted in the vault much quicker than they did last week. Uh, I didn't see the replay until after, after this show was over and that was on Thursday. So uh, I didn't have any information before the show came on this week. Uh, I was able to get into the uh, dirt vision vault and uh, check out the replay of the race. Cause nice. I wasn't able to make it Monday. So, uh, so yeah. So, if you do want to watch these races, they are excellent races. Typically, uh, you can still go to Dirt Vision if you can't make the race on Monday night. Like I said, it's free. They are starting to post these re- replays um, much sooner, so you can so you can check them out and watch these races.
0: And I, th- so I, I think, think I saw that YouTube on YouTube iRacing did put up the replay. I think it was late yeah. Friday. Maybe,
4: yeah, they had they have Volusia up, which was uh, you know over a week ago now, oh, but I see. they they still don't have posted the the race from um Knockville, which was this past Monday, so it's still not up on their YouTube channel yet, so uh, let me, I'll give you a quick rundown because I did watch the race, um, it was just just this this afternoon that I watched it so I really didn't get time to really do a full review, but I just wanna to let you know that uh this was uh race two was Monday night this was at Knoxville speedway. Um, the winner of the race wound up being Tim Ryan. So, uh, Tim Ryan won the race. He, he pretty much, uh, you know, he was, uh, fastest in qualifying. He won his heat and pretty much led the whole race. Uh, now Tim Ryan, if you don't know, he's Australian. He, uh, did not race the series last year. Cause, cause the time where the races are being held are difficult for him to make. He thinks he's going to make it this year all season. And, um, he actually won the inaugural season of the world outlaw dirt car race, uh sprint right. car race. And he's, he's, he's the only other one person who's won the series besides Alex Bergeron because he won the next two. So Tim Ryan's, but looks like he might be back in it, which Going to make that's a great g- great season. Yeah, that's really going to add some some uh, fun to this season. So uh, Tim Ryan wins uh, second place in the race just or Monday was uh, Hayden Cardwell. So we n- remember him. He he's the one. He's the gentleman who who won the late model race this season this year. And uh, Kendall Tucker Tucker took third place. Fourth was actually Alex Bergeron at uh, at uh, Knoxville. Um, so, uh, if we look at the points, uh, Hayden Cardwell is actually leading the points by one point over Alex Bergeron and Tim Ryan. So, it's it's as tight as it can be. And I have a feeling it's going to be like that the whole season. It's going to be a great season. I'm, I'm glad that I can watch these replays now without uh, and uh, catch all this action. It's going to be great. Um, next week's going to be raced at Fairbury Speedway. Another thing about this, uh, this first year, since Weed Sport has been added, this will be the first year in the world of Outlaws where they don't repeat any of the tracks twice. So that's pretty cool, you know, a different track every week. Um, so that's a lot of fun there. Um, and uh, just just one more quick point, <laughs> the tough, tough luck person of the week. Yes, uh, on Monday was uh, Tyler who, uh who lost his internet signal when a car crashed into the power pole. Outside what? of his house, <laughs> yeah, they were, He lost his power. He lost his internet when a car hit a hit a telephone pole. So uh, sorry to hear about Tyler. He uh, got disarmed. <laughs> yeah, maybe next week, buddy.
0: Uh, side note, Knoxville. You mentioned the word Knoxville. Well, we got word today that the real truck series is going to be racing Knoxville instead of Eldora next year. In addition to Bristol Dirt. There going to be two Bristol uh, or two dirt races uh, in the truck series, which is very exciting. The other side note is I did catch the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Banquet 2020 on Facebook, and Alex Bergeron um, had a little, you know, moment where they recognized him as champion. And uh, about the nine-minute mark, nine-minute-thirty-second, and uh, he actually had Christopher Bell on there to uh, introduce him uh, as the champ. And that was kind of an honor. And, uh, you know, Alex got to say a few words. And you can see the, tro- the NOS Energy Trophy in his background. Uh, uh, pretty cool uh, to see Alex. Okay. Uh, yeah, next, I'm pretty
4: uh, excited. Pretty excited for the rest of the Sprint Car Series, guys. So, uh, so click on Dirt, go on the Dirt Vision. It's free to sign up for these races. You don't have to pay the uh, the uh, monthly fee to watch these uh, iRacing Sprint Car Series.
0: Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, I'm gonna try to catch the next one live if I can. Uh, next up, I got is just a quick hit. I noticed Oriol Servia, who's a former Indy Car driver, uh, sometime, sometimes sometimes Indy Car driver. Uh, posted on Twitter that he was hosting up one-hour races at Sebring to emulate the 12-hour of Sebring. There's no password. Um, Come on and join him. And so he was looking for people uh, just a couple days ago to try to help him, uh, you know, do some testing. So I think it's pretty freaking cool how you can just jump on a hosted session and you see the name Orioles Servia, you click a button, and boom, you're on track with him. That is so cool. It's the one thing that iRacing has kind of brought everybody together
2: where, you know, anybody can just walk into a room and, or go, go into
3: a room and race their hero or whoever is that's on here. You can just have fun. Yeah, just last night, Hermie Sadler made it into the winner Series race, and uh, I ended up kind of leapfrogging him on on a little bit of tire strategy, but he was chasing me down with fresher tires towards the end. Uh, that was pretty exciting. That's that all is fun.
0: exciting. I love Hermie.
3: Did he feel like he had an extra set? I had the extra set because of the way it uh, played out with the wreck I got caught up in. Mike's got the
2: pet peeve of the UI. It looks like mine is the tires. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, yeah, the next item, uh, before we hit that, I will follow up on the top oval, or the top road I rating. It is it is Max Manecki. Um, but he's sitting just under 11k right now. Wow. And jumping back over to the real track side, Ryan Lusa jumps into a late model for the first time in about four years, and wins the prelude to the Florida Governor's Cup in a pro late model. It was a 50, which I guess it'll be 50 laps at New Smyrna, and it, it like I said, it was his first time back. Uh, that's pretty exciting to be hopping back into the to the real car and showing some success. Wow, Ryan Michael Lusa. <clears throat> And I
0: understand he's going to run the Snowball Derby too in, in this car, so and take a shot at that. I guess that's, it's that's- uh. Oops, sorry, Brian. I was just going to say, I guess
2: it's an instance where real life transfers to the sim and back. I guess.
4: Yeah, if, if he hasn't driven a race in four years, a real car in four years, you got to help. You got to think that uh, him running on iRacing has definitely, you know, kind of sharpened his skills at least to some point.
3: Well, I had i just i speak from my own experiences a lot but i ran i got to go drive a late model at memphis and i never been in a race car before but i had been sim racing for quite a while at that point point. and once i got rolling um it really didn't feel any different than being in the sim
0: yeah and ryan lose as we saw in the coke series you know, especially the championship race. I mean, he's the fat one of the fastest oval drivers on the planet, and he proves it. And uh, yeah, I'm not too surprised to see him, you know, step into a real car and win. He's got the talent, man. I'd love to see him get a real ride. Well, Make, some- it makes you think you could dump any of these Coke drivers in a real car and, and get the same result. You wonder if
2: it's ever going to go that way at some point, if it is a chance at trying. So I know some of the stuff has converted over where. Um, some guys get a chance to go into legends or something like that and practice with some of their team stuff. But it would be good to see, even if it was like, I don't know, could could you could you put them in like a series where it was, uh, like like what they're doing with that series with that Tony Stewarts is doing I just have a, a spec car and have a bunch of these guys go over and try converting into the sim world or to the real world from the sim and race in some equal equipment together and just have a race that way and see how it it translates.
4: On the dirt side, there's a similar uh, deal with that. Like um, The winner of Hayden Cardwell, who won the late model series, he's going to get a... a Day to ride with uh, Clint Boyer's car, and um, he already has a late model, from what I understand. And but I'm, it's it may not be quite the quality of uh, equipment that Clint Boyer's car is going to offer. And you know who knows? Maybe he'll see something in Ryan in, uh, Hayden Cardwell when he's racing that uh wait racing that car that maybe he would get a chance. Who knows?
2: Hey, anytime you get to go spend some time with Clint, I'm sure it's just enough as it is, and to get into one of his cars would be even better uh right somewhere you won't see ryan luza uh the ladies the ladies of iRacing racing had a race uh it was last saturday wasn't it yes um and chris and the two tonys uh from the aftermath show got to call the race um mike are
0: you watching this i never got a chance i was out when well, they, when they did it the first sentence there that's what i told them in the chat after I started watching, I said, I hope you brought a tent to camp. It's going to be a long night. And the reason was, is they decided to make caution laps not count during this race when they did before. I didn't realize that. Oh my God. And literally every lap, there was a caution. And so I think the first broadcast, I, I, I want to say the first 30 or 40 minutes of the broadcast, had gone by, and they were like on lap five or six or something, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is never going to end." I just went to
2: like the. I'm at the 20 minute mark on it. It's only two laps in. Exactly, uh, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's unfortunate that, that that's a that's a something that they just
0: changed because they didn't have that on the last. They did not no. It was a change, and I don't think it was a good. Well, maybe it was a good change because it ended up being a over a two hour show. Because yeah, was was. A it's a two hour, two hour and eight minute stream.
4: That's a uh, you, you know, for those guys broadcasting, that's a lot of filler time, too. You know, you gotta really gotta fill that that uh yellow lap time uh with some uh dialogue there. That's a lot to do.
0: So it looks like at about the 50 minute mark, uh, they're at like lap 18, so it's not pretty, yeah. But I mean. <laughs> The cautions were constant, too, and there was a lot of wrecking under caution. Um, Like, it was a little bit uh, like a rookie race. It really looked like a rookie race. Um, I almost say that the first race we saw was better than this one. Um, I don't know what was different, but the dot counting cautions, I don't think that worked. I was uh,
2: looking at this. The field obviously looked a little bit bigger than the last one uh, that they had. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're still getting going. Like it's the more that they do this, the better it should get. And you do hope so. But I just, I hope the OBRL um, guys think, you know, think a little bit twice about the, uh, the caution part, but the rest of it, I mean, you know, you know, keep it up for these ladies though.
3: Any of the races that you're in until you get a little bit more familiar with you, with each driver, accidents can happen. Uh, you know, you get up into the uh, uh, the winter series. It was amazing how caution free it went at Michigan, which is basically a plate track, and that's because it's a lot of guys who can trust each other to hold their lanes. Uh, people were taking it three wide early, and nobody was freaking out about it. But we were familiar with each other,
0: or um, you trusted. You know, like that when I was in that uh, winter league, and they were going three wide. It was Tyler Hudson who was on the outside. But I knew he could hold it, you know. I trusted him, so I didn't panic. It's like you said; it, it's such a good uh, caliber of driver that you can trust what's going on around you. Now
2: we've been uh, talking a lot about the race. How are the
0: rookies in the booth doing in that? Uh, did they, they did. Uh, they did good? better. They did good for what I. Now, I didn't stay for the whole thing. I I caught the first 30, 40 minutes or so, but um, they were doing good um tony rochette has gotten uh, really good at calling the green flag you know as they come down to the green you know <laughs> that kind of thing good old dw boogity boogity
4: got a lot of practice
0: <laughs> that's right
4: so guys this next story is uh uh i Race and coke series star ray alfala and his dad just fixed up the computer for a fellow iRacer. racer his name's jim baker and he's a 94 year old racer Who's still getting it done? So that how cool is that? So ninety-four years old, still still racing. Man, that's a great story, and uh, it's really cool of uh, Ray and his dad to help help him get set up too.
2: Now, this photo that I've brought up here, they got name tags on. Uh, obviously, they're visiting somewhere that they have to be have name tags. And well, I
0: recognize that name tag in the middle. That's Disneyland or Disney World. Is it? yeah he works for disney world okay so that's why
2: i think th- ray lives that. in orlando
0: so that makes sense
2: that's really interesting that's kind of that's kind of cool that uh they got they did that
0: kudos yeah. to him and his father and then you look at he's got a picture of his rig he's got a g27 he's got triples now i don't know if i like his fov uh he's got a looks like a nice little surround system 5.1 with a sub um Headphones look like logitech headphones There's a wireless phone sitting there. still got a stick shift. This is actually an Obto rig uh similar to mine. It's a tubular uh rig nice setup for a ninety four year old so that you know what I, I love seeing stories like this because i you know i'm 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 getting to fifty years old here and I'd love to be able to race when I'm 94, and I intend to. And forty, uh, forty four more years, Mike. I know. And what's it going to be like then? It's going to be crazy. <laughs> We're going to have the. The only way to get iRacing racing is you actually
2: have to bring one of those car cockpits into the house. Um, the other thing is, does this make him the oldest iracer right now? What was the last one? Is it 93? Wasn't it?
0: No, I thought he was higher than that. 97. Okay, I can't. Monty, I could right? remember. Monty, I couldn't remember how old Monty was. Yeah, I think Monty still got the record.
2: I hope to uh, see Jim here in some some point. I don't don't recognize the name yet, though.
0: Well, I did look up profile. I looked for Jim Baker. I couldn't find. I found James Baker, a 10-year member, but it doesn't show any stats. It just shows him as a rookie with no stats. So I don't know if that's him or not. But that's a common name. There are several uh, James Bakers with the number after the name. So he could be any one of those. Uh, moving on, I got the next one. The iRacing Twitch Clips episode four has been released. And I love this. This is like, the, this is so much better than what we used to have. We, we love those highlight reels they, they put out every month. But I almost like these better because uh, they're funny it's got a comical uh, twist to it and because it's a they're showing twitch streams which typically have you know faces of, of people driving uh, talking and that kind of thing interacting uh, it makes it it gives it that funny um, so what did you guys think of this episode I thought it was hilarious that car when it explodes what is it around
2: the 50 second mark here in the video? When he runs into that other guy and just destroys him, man, that the the damage model in those cars is awesome.
4: Yeah, that's where he lost his screen, I think. Right? That's funny. They had um, they had the uh, last uh, two laps of the Miami the Homestead race with uh, Casey Kerwin when when he made his way through the field to uh, seal himself into the top twenty. That's uh, a great video too. I do. I really like these Twitch clips. I like them better than the top ten videos that they put out. They're really good. Did anybody
2: see the the clever editing they did with the the Lasky Lasky clip where they added in um, the points you get in Tony Hawk Pro Skater for what he did going between those cars in the jump?
0: That's yeah. kind of clever. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I mean. Is it? It's just kind of uh, funny. It makes it comical. You know, and they, when they do stuff like that, there's, there's a little, you know, music going in the background. It's, it's good to see other people's, you know, setups too, what they've, what they're
2: running with, all their peripherals and things like that. And, and just, just like I said, this is what I said about uh, Malik, you know, it's the personalities you get to see, right?
0: Yeah. There's one guy, he's getting ready to pit on a road course and he comes in really hot and he runs right into the pit road wall and just, Destroys his car, and then the look on his face—like, dang, you know. Did I just see one of the clips here? The tire falls; his tire falls off the car. Yeah, it it was like wobbling, and then it falls off, and he's like, "Oh, what do I do now?"
2: That's like a that's (laughs) a mechanical failure. That's new. I racing just sneaking that in.
4: Maybe he had some damage or something leading up to it, or something. I think it was in a Skippy, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, there was a good clip, too, of Josh Rogers uh, making some crazy pass on some guy and, and just his reaction of, hey, I did it, you know. He's at, the, at that uh, team where they have the purple floor, the purple carpet. What team is that? This, That's is isn't it? Right. The Sim House where they all
2: live and race. That's awesome. They're making fun of NBCSN here, too, with uh, when they were doing their uh, road course uh, out on the track. That's
0: pretty clever. A Little tongue and cheek. I think the Casey Kerwin uh, one at the end was probably, you know, that was a good ending, you know, because he's like, "Did we make it? Did we make it?" You know, and he's all pumped at the end. And yeah, and
4: he made some crazy moves to get up there. And damn, his spotter's good too.
0: Yeah, it's fun to hear that spotter interaction, right?
4: Yeah, I don't know who he, who he uses for a spotter, but he's he he's really good showing them where to go, you know, stuff like that. This was, was really good.
2: Talk about trust there is when you've got fresh tires trying to go through the field at Homestead and not hitting anybody.
3: Well, we were just talking a second ago about the trust that you can build when you're in either a league or a, or a split where you're seeing the same drivers all the time. Uh, there's some, some guys that are posting in a pretty hot debate about the road to pro, and they're wanting to see something called snake splitting coming in. This
0: is um, the annual... Uh, debate that yeah, it comes up up. every year at this time.
3: Uh, and we have two people of, of note chiming in, and I'm sure we've got plenty of opinions as well. Uh, I actually spent a little bit of time just now looking through this thread because it's a pretty interesting argument. But from Tyler, he thinks the I rating system, he, there, he says there's no plans to do the snake splits, and he says the I rating system is desi- designed to and doing what it's doing, it makes it difficult to game it. Um, if you've got a lower I rating and you're in a lower split, on average, you're going to get a lower score, even though, let's say the winner for second split is going to get more than last place for last split. He still thinks that over a season based based on the strength of field, it's going to work as intended. Uh, Ray Alfala, four time, chimes in. Snake splits with minimum I rating is always the answer. Until it's implemented, there will always be play, people gaming the system. Uh, so what I'd like to see is, is somebody to actually trace back everybody's i rating and, and show that somebody actually got an advantage by dropping lower then and they need to actually show the anomaly i could
2: i could show it to you uh every season david there's one guy that does it every season he'll he'll tank right now and as soon as the nas comes back again next year i'm not gonna say his name but he's done it like two or three years in a row and he always ends up in the same division Tanks his I rating, goes back up and has Did.
3: a higher rating. And Did he and, make raid to pro, though? Did he make yeah, pro? Is, well, yeah, we're talking about is, being able to is, make pro.
2: But it is to make points and stuff like that, right? It is cheating a system.
3: Yeah, but if he gets in a lower division, one, he's in a lower division. This is talking about road to play, pro, where people are trying to get, to get to the top. And I want to know if somebody has been able to actually gain this system to get, get more points in road and be in that top division, road to pro. Not to mention the fact that it is in the um in the sporting code that if you tank your i rating, they'll drop you into a lower division.
0: So they're basically, I'm gonna paraphrase, but a lot of people in the thread, I think Brian Blackford is the one who started this, but basically the argument is you're in the road to pro, you're in the top split, you're you can't get a top ten, so you, you tank your I rating a little bit, so you're in the second or third split and then you win those splits, and mathematically, you know, you're not going to win the championship, but you're going to make the top 20 if you do that, and that's what they're saying is the the advantage, and so they're saying snake splits would fix that. Now, snake splits would mean there's a 5,000 minimum I rating or something like that. You have to be above that number, and if you are, then they take and split you based on I don't not I rating, but based on arbitrary or qualifying. I'm not
3: well, sure. Well, first place, the top I rating goes to to split one. Second place goes to split two. Third well, place goes to split up. three, and then fourth place goes to split one. Fifth right. place, yeah. That, that.
2: Here's a scenario for you this is all well and good. And I'm going to mix this in with some things here. Okay. So say you do this snake splitting to try and even out the points so that it's fair. Well, say somehow it works out where a guy, uh, that gets into gets put into the top split somehow points wise ends up pointing into the top 20, 30, uh, things close there. And all of a sudden at the last race or something, he has a low I rating and something. And, and, uh, Um, a lower I rating than what should be in that pro series and say, he goes and gets tires and wins the race and just gets in the top 20 to go into the pro series. Do you think he really deserves to be in the pro series? Like it always used to be I rating is what used to, to dictate being
0: in the pro series. Do they want to change that completely? There's people that do. I agree with Tyler. I don't think it's a good idea. I think the system works as designed. It always has. Why would we change it? There has been a year in the past during the Coke Series they did split and uh, snake splits, but um, we haven't done them for a long time, so why start now?
3: One of the arguments that one guy put for the snake splits was that he basically doesn't want to have to focus on keeping his eye rating high. And we're
0: going to talk about eye rating a little bit more with a new change coming, but let's move forward. It's just a random, but the thing is, even you could still end up in the same
2: say the same people all sign up and you end up with the same splits every week. Is it still fair that you got one guy in there winning all the time? Like I, I just don't understand either way. I think there's going to be pros and cons that are going to upset people. I think there's just so many different ways people are trying to define to an easier way to the top. Right. Uh,
3: yeah, I'll wrap it up as we move on to the next thing. Uh, in that I don't want to be snake splitting and having, guys that i'm not familiar with be in in those splits so uh i would prefer to be racing with the guys that are about the same skill level
2: well like like you're saying there david i don't want to keep going on this but you're right there it if, if it's a snake split it's a random draw all the time who you're going to race with no matter what it's gonna you're never going to have identical fields like where on a wednesday night to a sunday morning i know in an A O or an NIS open, I know pretty much who I'm racing in there because I don't jump I rating real fast between those couple days.
0: Um, I'm going to jump ahead to a different story later in the script because it's related. And so I'm going to read this off. This is an announcement earlier today by uh, Greg West, beginning with 2021 season one, which is our December build coming up. I rating and safety rating will now be adjusted based on the event track type instead of the series identified license type for series with multiple track types. As part of this highly requested feature, the selected track type I rating that will be affected also will be used to determine splits. This change applies for any combination of cross-licensed track type events. Now I will translate into English. What I said is Let's look at the NIS, it's mainly an oval series. So to get into the series, you have to be a C license oval or higher, pavement. But when we go to Watkins Glen in NIS, a road course, Watkins Glen specifically will be based, you will be split by your road I rating, not your oval I rating. And the race will affect your road SR, not your oval SR, like it used to. What if you're a rookie road? Do you not qualify for that race? No, you're still in the series based on it's an oval series with a C or higher. So basically, they're just carrying the license to whatever track you're racing. So,
2: like, you know, if we go to dirt when they do the dirt for the truck series and the cup series at Bristol, we're gonna have our dirt licenses counted for those series.
0: Right, so when I go to Bristol Oval, NIS, I mean dirt, it's based on my dirt I rating, and that means guess what? I'll be bottom split. Same. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing, and then I think everybody will be. <laughs> so, so, so there, th- there goes the
2: weeks where I uh, on road, I, 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 I go I rate, or I rating hunting
0: for oval. You won't be able to farm, right? Because you'll be placed in a <laughs> I, I rating that's appropriate for which you, based still on your road, road license,
2: which is still low on the roadside. Trying to get up.
0: This is a big change, guys, and um, and it's not just NIS; it's any series like that that has multiple kinds of events. Uh, so the, in, mo- the in, in Indy the- Pro or the Mazda would do some ovals and some road course. Well, it's there's a. CD's- Indy's still split between oval. They have an oval and right.
2: a roadside still too, don't they? But they still run the road sometimes on that oval side.
0: Right. So that would be affected. I'm trying to think of what else.
3: And sometimes the Indy roadside runs an oval, and that's a, that's usually a place where you can go farm some. Uh, maybe I'm getting it backwards. One of them people would famously go to farm I rating uh, the indie car where it was it was at an oval. Um, I guess it was at an oval, but it, and it was easier to farm the eye rating there than, than in the cup cars. I don't remember the details.
2: The IndyCar series that they created up, like the NIS series, it's a road series. So there is only... I know if they had all the tracks scanned, but they don't have all the IndyCar tracks scanned. But they, I think there's 14 road courses next year. And there's something like seven ovals or something. I, can't, I don't know what the amount of ovals is that they're going to run. So you would go back and forth, obviously. Um, whereas before they would take your whole road license for that whole season. Right, you I run think, an oval, it affects your road, but now it won't. Do you think this will start balancing out some, like, obviously we're oval-centric guys. I mean, David, me and you are kind of do a little bit more road than anybody else, the other guys, but um, the oval guys are going to either have, they're going to be, that are up higher with I rating, they're also going to jump down into a lower split when they go to road, especially the six road courses in
0: the ovals next year, right? For me personally, I like it because I'll be put in a split on a road course at Watkins Glen NIS that I belong in, (laughs) you know, but I tell you what, this is an 11 page thread already. And the reason is there's a lot of people screaming, screaming, road to pro road to pro. How is this going to work? You know, you're going to have, uh, it's an oval series, but there's these road courses. And if I got my. Oval license, oval IR up to five thousand, so I can you know get top split. But my my road license is crap. My dirt license is crap. So now I'm faced in the off season to try to get my road license up to five thousand and my dirt license up to five thousand. So I don't give up a hundred points at those tracks. Because that could be the difference in road to pro and making it, not making it will be these, these other, these road course races. The people that have good, uh, I rating in road are going to get way more points than the people that don't. How many but, are in road to pro? Is there any,
3: I'm not sure, but how many road courses did they run?
0: That's what
2: I was going to say. Like it's proportionate to the size. So like do proportionate have 36- to the
0: truck series schedule, I think.
2: Yeah, so, but they're not good. They don't run a full schedule in the pro to pro. They do it every couple of weeks. So, what I, what David and and I is probably the same thing that I'm thinking is okay, so if you have a drop week, they might have one dirt race and one road course race in that whole road to pro season. They might even have, they might only have one of those two in general. So, that could be your drop week, but you better run good the rest of the season, obviously, if
0: it is your drop week. Well, um the truck rate uh, schedule dropped today for next year, and it had, if I'm not mistaken, three or four road courses and two dirt tracks. It had uh, Coda, Watkins Glen,
2: and Canadian Tire, and right, then it so had three two dirts.
0: and then two dirt. So that's five
2: out of twenty-one or whatever. Well, and I'm thinking there's, if you're looking at the actual percentage of it, it's probably about almost like eight to ten percent of the schedule is.
3: Yeah. weird. Is that
2: weird races right
3: also is that the road to pro schedule or the actual truck no, he's, talking to, he's
0: talking about the actual yeah. truck schedule so which they we only think won't the road include to that pro pro many will mimic right
3: well it can't because it's every other week so it'll try to come close but it doesn't it can't they don't mimic it on, either, on right? the same level they can't mimic on the same level because they're they're every other week instead of every week and and truck race will have some weeks where they go three weeks in a row and other weeks where they where they're they take a month off
2: well, don't they do the first... Like, didn't they used to, before, do the first race of the season at Daytona and then had a couple of weeks off before they showed up to meet meet up with the Cup bunch Series? A bunch of weeks off. So much, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: And the next race would sometimes not be till March. And now, some, next something. year,
2: it's the next
0: weekend. It's at Homestead with the Cup Series. Now, I'm going to keep jumping around the script. There's another story that's kind of related to this, and I'm going to read this. So, Tyler posted on a Road to Pro update. also want to say so far people are reacting to that separate post made in general regarding the license type per track post and how it relates to the series nobody knows what the road to pro schedule will be or the format as of now so might want to calm the waters down as it relates to those posts this is a great quality of the improvement for iRacing as a whole and will be in the new normal there is nothing wrong with stating an opinion but much of what i've read is based on pure speculation especially considering there isn't a schedule or format posted yet. Sounds to me like they're taking it into consideration. Obviously,
2: they're going to come up with something that hopefully doesn't have 17 or 18. The first day that they bring it out doesn't have a 17 or 18 page thing backlash on them, right? They're going to come up with something that works and that it should should be okay because it's really, this should have been what they did. It should have been what had happened from day one is... right. When you're racing an oval, you get it's your oval so When you race on a road, like it should have just been like that in general. They should have never tied it to the series, but it maybe was something that they didn't weren't able to code back then, or didn't have the means to do it. But it's good to see them finally acknowledging that you know you are there are disciplines in here that certain people are good at. So you know you can have a 5,000 5, oval rating, but you might only be a five hundred I rating road driver, right?
0: And one more post on the Road to Pro to wrap this up. Um, He says, we'll know uh, later in December about the format and schedule. Um, I know I said the format would be the same, but I'm going to walk that back back a bit. We will see a hybrid of what we did in 2020 plus something else. Also likely the series name will change from Road to Pro. They're going to change it, I guess, the name of it. The series will stay a standalone series and utilize the Gander Outdoor Trucks. Likely kick off in March slash April.
3: I got one, one more thing that I, that I just thought of about, uh, the, the best of the best. Uh, I've, you know, I, r- I race in majors and get to see basically Christian challenger lap me almost every race. Um, he wins at the road. He wins at the dirt. He wins at the ovals. Um, he's, he's running in, uh, the winter series with us. He had some bad luck at Michigan, but, um, your best drivers, they can run. I mean, all these series. I mean look, uh, Garrett Maine's. we just talked to, and, and Vicente, they were on here, and they're in the IRX championship, right, running rallycross, and they're in the pro series. So your best racers are going to be multidisciplinary anyway. If they're good in one thing, usually they're at least okay in another.
0: Some people were saying this is the Bobby Zelensky rule. The problem is, is... His high
2: rating still up there on road. He has got it in every series almost. Good point. He, there's not something that you know that can be the Bobby Zolinskira, but it it's kind of the Bobby Zolinsky rule to everyone but Bobby Zolinsky. Kind of if you it's, think about It's it.
3: almost it's almost more a rule for like some of your road course guys that will come in to. When, when Cup goes to the road course and they have an I rating of like 1200 and can beat up on all those guys that, that can't run road at all.
2: Yeah. yeah it's it, it, it. It's the same way. Like, you know, if, you know, we came in and, you know, they tried to run an oval against us or something like that. It's, it's vice versa. It's it, 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 it probably, it should make the road course racing tighter. I would think because you have the talent level the same but will some of these guys tank you know have a lower road rating just to try and be good at a road course while they have a good uh, oval rating who knows
3: well everybody gets to learn a new system and and have to adapt you know the real boys had to do that when they changed cars and then put the splitter back on or twi- i mean put the took the wing off put the put the spoiler back on so it's changed a lot of people just don't like change uh but it uh, it's gonna be fun it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch
2: i think we found our title especially for the amount of changes that they're showing in this week what else has changed this week well i don't we don't have much more here i'm just gonna go quickly on the next topic here since mike you bounced around here and uh we're on release notes yeah so the beta ui got a quick update again it's their weekly update. Um, so, there was an update to the creator race thing where it fixes an issue. Uh, had put that was putting an incorrect m- maximum pit stalls uh, in league sessions. So they fixed that. Uh, they fixed something in the team that fixed an issue with the team paint shop where team admins were not allowed to edit the team paint. Um, and then they did a whole bunch of new track maps. Looks like they're just upgrading a lot of the a lot of the stuff that uh, is on the website that they need to get into the uh, UI.
3: And uh, I've got a, requ- a feature request for the UI. We, we were Since we were talking about, you know, gripes, I was just chatting with uh, one of the guys who runs leagues and have to set all those race-ups. Right now in the beta UI, each time you set a race-up and then start the next race, you say you're going to use pretty similar settings, maybe time of day, which cars are going to be in the race, et cetera, et cetera. Right now in the beta UI, every time you create a new league race, everything goes back to default. It does not require remember your settings from the previous time you create a race. Yeah, it kind of so, sucks
2: when you're like trying to create like an IMSA series and you got or something like that, and you got to redo all the cars uh, each time.
3: You're setting up two months worth of, of races, yeah, and you've got seven cars to put in there. Mm-mm.
2: There's so many things that go
3: wrong. I remember somebody who wasn't too happy about the uh, the next gen car or the first one, the car of tomorrow, even though he was winning in it, it was a uh, Kyle Busch.
4: Yeah, you can't pass. But uh, Kyle Busch was uh, actually racing Monday night at Talladega in the Monday Night Racing at the Ford Martin TV, where um, and he posted on Twitter the last uh, green-white-checker restart, where he started in 27th position, and he drove his way through the field to the front and wound up winning this race. Uh, he posted the whole video. It was it was a really good. Uh, he was commentating the whole way while he was uh, replaying the video, and uh, man, he was a uh, he had a, he said he had a blast doing this race. And it's really cool to see that uh, some of those guys who just really got into uh, i racing during the uh, the lockdown stuff have uh, kept up with it. You know, in the off season maybe we'll be seeing a whole lot more of uh, NASCAR and professional drivers on the series, on the uh, on i racing.
3: Well, Kyle's one of those guys who likes to run in anything. So hopefully, as he starts to figure out what he needs to do for for the e racing, he'll uh, start to really ha- have fun with it as well.
2: All I could think of watching this video is it needed the Mick, the Mac Fleetwood, uh, um, that sound in the back, song in the back, <laughs> right? If he while he goes he's through, he's going the going through the field, wind because and that wreck that happened in it in the back was a huge wreck. But you know, it kind of. What he does there going through the field kind of reminds me of what you know when earnhardt won that last talladega race
0: before he passed away that's what i was thinking just
2: i mean obviously his took a little bit longer to get through the field but you know who says you can't pass at talladega
0: if you keep that momentum up but you you could see in the video especially the in car one uh that was also posted the seas parted for him i mean it's like they just opened up and he went right through the middle and I mean, if it was a Coke race, he wouldn't have gotten up through there like that. I mean, it was just the people he was around. It made, I think it made it easy for him. But regardless, this was a league race. And I, a couple of thoughts. First of all, how cool is it to be able to race with freaking Kyle Busch? I mean, we talked about that before, um, being able to race with a superstar. But to be uh, in a cup car at Talladega with Kyle Busch and, and him winning the race like that, I mean, that is freaking cool for one. Um, we have a quote uh, from Kyle about the uh, win, and I'm going to read it real quick. Uh, it was uh, posted by kickinthetires.net. They actually did a story on this, and here's his quote. He said, I wish I had a plan. I had no plan. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was banking on the fact we were going to have one more green-white checker. My car was too slow on the previous restart with five to go. I was like, I have no chance to win this thing at all. I wasn't going to make my way forward i didn't have a fresh enough car i ended up pitting i knew it was a bad idea to pit but i had no choice i wanted to win and try to win came down got a fresh car fresh tires was able to work my way up through there i was thinking that we were gonna have a couple attempts and just prayed hoping i could miss the wreck and just have another crash repair had two left at the end uh, when i just took the checkered flag i'm crashing across the line i came to a stop i'm shaking because I was like, holy cow, I just drove through 24 guys on a green-white checker and won the thing. Sure, he wasn't shaking.
2: Doesn't he have a motion rig? Isn't that maybe why he was shaking? Um, the, the thing that I would like to know that I'm kind of interested in, I would like to see the guy that led that lap coming to the, the, the white, what his final lap time was compared to what Kyle Busch's final lap time was and see what the actual difference time-wise was
0: that he gained. Now, uh, you know, they call him KFB, right? So Kyle F. and Bush, right? And uh, which, when we talked to Malik earlier, his, on his Twitter handle, he, he has it listed as MFR, as Malik F. and Ray, because they have the same sponsor and stuff. So uh, it, I thought it was kind of neat to tie these two stories together. MFR and KFB. Maybe he's the next Kyle Bush. Okay, the next one is the Speed 51 Virtual Snowball Derby has been announced. Um, Speed51.com is pumped up for the official Virtual Snowball Derby presented by Late Model Esports. Uh, $551 is up for grabs for the winner and $30 to start the big 300-lap main event. Don't miss your chance to register for one of the biggest short track races of the year. And there's a facebook uh group called late model esports and they have a google form where you can go and sign up
2: also the video that was posted about it was a really well done video for it too on the facebook page like a commercial hey, it's just a hype it gets you all hyped up for it i know uh i know a friend of the podcast here mike moorley he's entered into it and he he sent me the link to this and he was all hyped up about getting ready
0: to race for it well, i tell you what, you're going to have the best of the best doing this particular race. And, um, our very own Adam Jocelyn has been kind of tiptoeing into late model and super late models recently. Uh, he's, and he actually made the big race with
3: the Sarah league. Uh, they got going. What other big race do we got going, David? Well, we got the 2020 iRacing Chili Bowl Nationals coming up. Uh, Tyler threw up, uh, information about it for the schedule events. Um, uh, and it's uh looking like your typical dirt road dirt road heat format, right? Yep, this is put on by iRacing. Uh you got to be 4.0 dirt oval. The sim date start time is the 19th. Um does it, the start time is sunset, so it's going into night. Split sizes of 60. Um, it's got an a, it'll split into heats and you got to e e mains through b main uh then the a main. And what was the date? The actual date of the race is it's fifteenth through the nineteenth. Fifteenth through the nineteenth. Yep, yep. Is anyone from the team going to
2: participate on that?
3: You know, Adam has been playing around in dirt a lot lately, so he might give it a shot. Uh, my one little fur away in the m- majors told me that I hate dirt, so I don't know.
0: It'd be interesting. If, to if see you run it. the car, why not? Is what I would say.
3: Yeah, uh, if so, if. You know, we could run just about anything, but, you know, eventually you got to decide, especially when it works in full swing, how many things do you want to focus on, right?
2: Well, so, um, that week we're going to be focusing on a road race.
3: That is uh, the next uh, M-Tech race, isn't it? Yeah, the 19th. Yep. And another thing we talked about last week, we did talk about the road race last week. Uh, this week... Uh, we have a follow-up on the TransAm topic from last week. Uh, this is just a quick hitter, and we had uh, some more feedback come in from some listeners. And the sources say that TransAm is actually working on their own sim software, and in, under their current leadership, is very unlikely to ever come to iRacing. So we thought we'd pass that along to you. And anytime you do get some information about anything we talk about, send it on in. Good luck to them. We'll see how that works. I
2: don't
0: expect it will.
2: Uh, From the source, or since, you know, it was Bobby, obviously, from our team that talked about this, but he, uh, as well, he said that it's just the way that Trans Ams always run from what he knows of it. So, it just sounds like they have a stubborn way of looking at things, but that's, you know, I don't know if that's true or not.
3: Well, F1's taken the same approach, so.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know, this would be a kind of a pet peeve for me, I guess. If you're racing, then the UI appeared during a race. I um, uh, was it Paul Hester uh, posted in the forums and just in it there that um, he doesn't know if it, or it was an issue, but in case somebody else sees it, but uh, the window, the UI window popped up while he was racing um, and kind of just affected him while he was racing kind of for it. So Nicholas Bailey uh, posted, he goes, we've seen a couple reports of this, but um, they can't reproduce it. Uh, he just, asking can you recall the state the ui was in beforehand uh when it happened so um just be aware if your ui comes up uh when you're racing maybe figure out if you can figure out what you're doing maybe it'll help out iRacing racing figure out the problem
0: there's multiple threads here so it's happened to more than one person and can you think of a better reason not to launch from the website than this Cause the website never jumps up in front of your race and interrupts your race. So boy, I can't think of another reason I want to use that beta UI when this is happening to some people. The beta UI reminds me of things
2: that like, uh, VR does sometimes where stuff will pop up or some of these programs that have things that you're running in the background, have things linked to them that bring off. Like I, I know I get with my, uh, uh, Corel drawing thing. I'll get every once in a while in the background uh, a promotion shows up as a tag in the corner of the screen, and it kind of just you, you know you get you know it's there because the screen or the 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 sim jitters or something. Um, but you know these little annoyances do not help you know the quality of racing either, right?
3: Well, when you're going 200 miles an hour and about to be going 50 miles an hour in a few thousand feet. Uh, something popping up, taking away your vision is, is no bueno.
4: So, uh, iRacing has another little glitch that, uh, they, they've, uh, discovered, um, well, Seth Mannheimer, he, uh, discovered it. He won the pole in a skippy race at Spa, but when he started the race, he started the race. He was actually started in the pit, as well as like another driver was with him. So when the light went green, they were actually they were released all at the same time—the cars in the pits and the cars that were in the grid—and uh, you know they they got like a couple of seconds, like a three-second advantage over the field. So, so he reported that, and uh, Grant Reeve, who's a uh, staffer, he replied that uh, that they do have a fix for that. They're aware of the problem. They do have a fix for it. It just hasn't been dropped yet. So, uh, so if, if you have that issue come up in one of your uh, races in the skippies or, or, or at spa. I'm not sure if it's a spa problem or a uh, skippy problem, but it's going to be patched really soon.
0: Normally like if you're on on the pit road, doesn't it just hold you for a few seconds until the field goes by? Yeah. It's usually yeah. a countdown.
4: Yeah. It's like, if you don't, if you miss your, uh, miss the starting grid when you, uh, when the race is starting, yeah, you don't get to start with the, with the,
0: uh, field. That's what's missing. It appears. Yeah. It's in this case, So well, he Ryan. said
4: he, uh, he said that he uh, got the pole position so he did go through qualifying so he should have been on the grid. It's not that he missed well, I guess maybe he did miss the grid, I don't know, he didn't say.
0: He uh, said he started from the pit, but so if he's not the first pit stall at Spa, I'm trying to vision, envision what it looks like. Spa has two different That's well pit ahead roads of so where too. the grid is parked,
2: right? Well, Spa has the front stretch one where you're on pit road. I think they call that the ground pre one and the other one is the lamal one which is on the other turn where you can start from and you'd be going up um what's the hill called i can't think of the name but anyways um
0: but if they're on that, the back side of that pit road the grid is and he's on the front side of the pit road in on this pit stall yeah he's got a huge advantage yeah and i think that's probably what they probably it's probably set at
2: um the other thing is i the problem i see is okay they're gonna fix this maybe next week What's to say that, you know, I don't know if the, is, is the Skippy at spa this week? Maybe, I don't know. Um, It is. So what's this to say that now that everybody knows this, that they don't do this, maybe there should have been a deterrent maybe here too. If you start on the poll and we find, you know, if there's a protest about you starting on pit road or something, you know, it, it just, there's no deterrent now. Right. So anybody that sees this can just do
0: this. Right. And are you breaking possible. the sporting code by yeah. you know doing it? You you, you decide to miss the start. I'm going to start on pit road. I don't want to be wrecked. I'll go green when the thing tells me to go green. I, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. Now, my question is, does it happen
2: every time? Imagine if it's just a random thing too. Then it's like, okay, then 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 it's a that's the deterrent as if it's random. But if it happens every time, then there is no deterrent.
4: And I kind of I kind of misread that a little bit because. I assume because he says he said he got pole position, but he started in the pit. I just kinda thought it was odd maybe that somebody who won the pole would start the pit, but apparently that's what it looks like he did. Maybe it only happens if you win pole and you start in the pit.
0: Yeah, who knows. But I mean a
2: three second advantage in that car, it can be a lot.
3: Yeah, it also will depend on how far you know, if you're twentieth back in the pits, you have to even though you may get to start at the same time as the field, you're gonna have to poke forward at at pit road speed so you you still probably need to be a little bit closer to the front right if you're in the first box
2: you can just take off right yeah but if you get on the pole david you get the first pit stall
3: yeah that's what i'm saying if, if you have to be towards the front as as well to be able to use this as an advantage if you don't qualify and you're starting 30th i don't it might might not quite be the same yeah, even though i've maybe, seen this happen at an imsa track one time before as well
2: but they're saying the advantage is coming because the pole position person sat in the pits, so they're obviously
4: going to have the first pit no matter what, all the time. True, and maybe that's where the glitch is coming from because the you know he would normally be uh, at the at the head of the field, but um, because he won pole, and, and normally start in the pit, in the pits, thinking, right? Right, right. That's maybe that's where I'm thinking that that's the that's where the glitch came from.
2: You know, it's an odd thing if they miss the grid and it happens, but it's probably showing up because. You know maybe he missed the grid and it's just showing that this is happening but um obviously he got you know i don't know what came of it obviously did anybody i don't there's no not a full protest you can file because it's a glitch in the game right
3: yeah p2 and p3 yeah. could do the same thing and technically come out in front if they're if they're close enough if they're further towards the front it's what's happening is the timer is just not long enough just for, need to... for the front car
2: just need to maybe that's what it is but maybe it's just select pit stalls too for what it is it'd be interesting to test it out
3: yeah anytime you start anytime you start in the pits there's a wait to start as the field goes green and it it starts as soon as the green is thrown so they're just going to have to increase that time
2: well it's to make sure that everybody gets by right they don't want you coming out with the field
3: and the, t- and the time's not long enough right now, so that lead car, or it's not there at all, and so that lead car is getting to pull out before the field even gets to where the pit exit is. it would be interesting to check.
0: it would be interesting to do a test in this. All right, let's keep on moving. Um, we got a forum post from Shuji Aratani from Hiroshima, Japan. He was excited when he noticed server farms in Japan. Randy Cassidy from staff replied that they're currently just... PING farms, not race farms, while we evaluate what might provide the most benefit. So in the upper corner of the website, you can click and uh, check IP uh, uh, to various servers around the uh, the world, actually. And now Japan is one of those ones you can check your PING. And I
4: think uh, South Korea is another one.
0: And I think the idea, I was reading a little bit about this, but the idea is he's just trying to figure out are there better routes that with less latency uh, to get to australia new zealand you know places like that uh, next up a grid finder charity calendar competition grid finder is teaming up with the sim racing community to create a sim racing calendar in support of men's mental health charity calm 100 percent of the profit will go to calm we are looking for budding sim racing photographers and livery designers to submit their entries for the Calm Charity Calendar 2021, we will accept all manner of entries, from landscape shots to livery show-offs, show close race moments to crash scenes, and anything else you can think sim racers might like to pin up on their wall. But let's keep it clean. wonder if Bobby, uh, we should get Bobby to do a nice iRacer's Lounge one in for that. I think we should. Uh, so CALM stands for the Campaign Against Living Miserably, Leading a Movement Against Suicide. This is a really, you know, I would never even think of this, like, it'd be nice to have
2: uh, an iRacing calendar, you know, of, you know, favorite, uh, you know, just images of it. It'd be, it'd be a nice thing to kind of, you know,
0: donate and get get one. I like it. And uh, GridFinder, we talked about them uh, a few weeks ago. They have grid-finder.com, and they, uh, you go there and you can find leagues uh, with their cool filter system and uh, other things, like uh, maybe you want broadcasting services and that kind of stuff. Okay, and uh, Greg, you got a quick hit for uh, Justin Marks. So it looks like Justin
2: Marks needed some help at uh, Coda. Uh, or circuit of the americas um and fellow racer and i racer uh tyler reddick was giving him some tips on i'm guessing is that it must be justin mark's rig maybe maybe it's I, tyler Reddick's i don't rig. know I doesn't say. It, but
0: boy that rig is something
2: i love the dash like the, the actual like uh got screen got a
0: dash. Dash, yeah. it's a real really nice dash
4: look and uh and the wheel is is completely odd the way it looks with that long, uh, with the long axle part on it,
0: right. There's not a base right underneath the wheel. It's got an extension on it or something. He's got triples. It's a, definitely a motion cockpit. You can tell by the heavy cabling underneath. Um, I can't really tell what kind of cockpit it is, uh, but uh, yeah. And Tyler Reddick, he's got on a piece of paper on a notebook of the track layout of Coda, and he's like standing behind Justin Marks, spotting him hey, you got a right coming up, you got a hard left coming up, you know, that kind of thing. And they're prepping for the 2021 season because uh, obviously we're going to CODA. Do you see that shifter?
2: That's beautiful. Like the whole dash is designed like it's an actual cup dash.
3: Is this an actual factory, sim?
2: No, it's... I don't think so. It looks like it's...
3: I don't see any black boxes on, you know, on the... In the that's in true. the triples. And that, that that dash is not using any maybe that's a Chevy graphics
0: simulator or one of their simulators. Based on what you see on the wall, it might very well be. So it looks like a sound studio. They got foam squares all, all on the walls. Yeah, it's, it's, it's somehow um,
4: I, Yeah, it's acoustic tile or something, right?
0: Right. Yeah.
2: It's it just doesn't seem like I could have swore that I thought the Chevy, Toyota, and them were actual inside cockpits though.
4: That's that's I mean, I what could I was be wrong. say. Yeah. Unless uh, these are I would, a different I would version that a they more.
2: Yeah, because they're really expensive uh, sims, multi, multi maybe multi-million maybe they, dollar sims.
4: Right. Maybe they just have the software for it that they can use in a different cockpit rather than that full size uh, uh full size. How, so, how about
0: the FLV? I mean, you can't even see the dash at all, the way he's got that thing zoomed in.
2: It's pretty much perfect the way he's sitting, though. If you think about it, Mike, right? Because the dash yeah. is, is sitting right where it should be. I I don't. If if the if the screens didn't blur themselves out so much, you might be able to tell. Like, or sorry, uh, expose themselves out so much. There, you might be able to tell if it's iRacing. It looks like it sh- could be, but uh, you just really can't tell by the uh this angle.
3: Well, the the main thing that I'm noticing is that 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 dash has a whole different look than than. We see in an iRacing, and it doesn't look like JRT or sim racing apps or any dash I've seen. And th- there's none of the black boxes, no relative, no no gear shifter. I don't see any of those little black boxes that come with iRacing.
0: Right. Did he purposely turn everything off? Because you can, but that would be rare.
4: Yeah, I'm just wondering maybe if if it is their software for their uh, factory sims, but it's just not put in the actual rig that they they do their testing in.
0: You maybe think they have more than one? They have so many drivers
2: and stuff. No, they book times for the actual main one. So maybe this is something where they can just go. Maybe it's an off part to it. Maybe from their actual thing. But I know that uh, if you listen to any time that they're going sim, going to the sim, there's times booked. Their times from this time to this time is when they get to try it. Because uh, I think uh, wasn't it on one of the Dale Junior downloads? Uh, was it? Uh, um, what's his drive? Was well, the there was a team that got car.
3: penalized for, for no. too much Sim time.
2: No, that was Hendrick, but, um, I know Hendrick, uh, that
4: was, that was wind, that was wind tunnel time. That was
2: wind tunnel. Sorry. Um, no, it was, uh, the seven car, uh, Al He, when he was on the podcast, he said he was going to the Sim afterwards. He had t-
0: a certain time booked for it. All right. Let's keep moving. We're running long today. Uh, show notes, podcast, housekeeping notes. Don't forget about our show notes. They're in the description of every podcast. There's a link. Uh, You can go in and get links to everything we talk about. Um, Don't forget, we're uh, on the PMN Performance Motorsports Network. They run motorsports 24 hours a day. They have an app. Check them out. Um, And with that, we're going to have time for one hardware software. Brian, what is it?
3: Will this computer run iRacing?
0: Not now.
4: Uh, the first thing we got and last thing is the GXL Pro Blackout Edition. So it's uh, by Popular Man. GXL Pro Blackout Edition is uh, being released from uh, the SimRace blog. It was set on, and the GLX Pro is a. It's a. It's a, a Formula Butterfly style wheel, and uh, with um, it's all black with yellow highlights, yellow buttons. It's a. It's a really nice looking wheel, and uh, yeah, I think it's a. It's, uh, I'm sorry, it's they have a regular version as well. So, yeah, so it's actually version.
0: Gomez, uh, is the name of it, GomezSimIndustries.com. And that's a new company we haven't talked about before. And this wheel that they put out on Instagram is just beautiful. I love that blackout edition. But, I, you know, it's it, just to describe it for the audio listeners, uh, it's all black with a carbon fiber and then the buttons. Are all a bright yellow, and uh, there are some that are black, but all are highlighted with that bright yellow. Now they have their regular version wheel as well. I think I almost like the regular version with the multicolors though. Yeah, nothing
4: super duper fancy with the LED screens or anything like that in it, but
0: it's it's a it's a nice looking wheel. It's uh, eight hundred seventy-five dollars. Um, now they do have a, 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 different, a different one with a monitor that's embedded in the wheel. Uh, that one's called the Formula Pro Elite and it starts at $1,250. The other thing, uh, and then there's a third wheel, so they have three. And so they have, like I said before, the, the black with the yellow, they have the black with the multicolored buttons, and then they have the one with the display. And so the two cheaper ones are eight seventy five. The bigger one's one thousand two hundred fifty. And uh, boy, it seems like every week we see a new company uh, show up out of nowhere. Uh, the other neat thing I saw for sale on their website, guys, was uh, they have custom wheel labels where they have ten sheets for fifty bucks, where they'll actually sell you the colored labels that they are using on these wheels. So maybe you bought your own, you're making your own wheel or something and you want to make it look good, I mean, this would be a really nice addition.
3: Or you could get Tony to make your labels. There you go.
0: All right, let's not go there. Okay, so we can probably fit in one more hardware. So we're going to do this one. It's the EG Racing Simulator Rigs is now offering that what they call the EG3 Supercar in red and black. And uh, they started... I found this on Instagram to start with. And... uh It's interesting. I mean, is that a wood? Uh, Maybe a painted wood, I I think. Um, It's kind of hard to tell, but it appears to be a wood rig. It's all stationary. Uh, It's got a it's all black, but it's got a separate kind of side station, uh, maybe for a shifter and whatnot or a mouse that's red. And so and then the seat is like a red and black. So it really pops and looks pretty sharp looks like uh on that uh
4: the stand on the left hand side i guess you it's adjustable slides forward and back
0: up and down
3: so at a glance it's only available in south africa or at least that's what they say as they deliver to south africa
0: well that's what's interesting is um they're from south africa and i don't know if we've ever heard of a, a sim company from that country so this might be another first uh it does say call for price, so you know what that means, but <laughs> it says uh doesn't come with peripherals or a racing seat. I thought the seat was the best
2: looking part of it. Yeah, I think you're right. Looking at this kind of reminds me of my uh my hardware box for my computer stuff. <laughs> my my it looks like my my case.
3: I bet a design like this is gonna put you in a box as far as that, uh, adjustability goes. You're yeah,
2: really—it sure. looks like you really. Own, well, it looks like the dash moves,
0: the shifter moves, and the, the seat moves. That's not too bad then. So the website egsimrigs.co.za, and with that, we're gonna jump on to results. And so let me find those. results uh, we don't have any NIS we're off season so let's talk official Um, I guess I'll start with the Sprint car I was p11 out of 12 and I guess I'd like to say I never thought harder over not being last place in my life I I drove my tail off for 11th there were no cautions I was trying super, super, super hard to focus and just be smooth. Now this was at Southern National, which I just love this track. Um, and wow, I mean, I was just blown away. Even though I'm at the back, it was awesome, awesome racing. I mean, just trying to stay ahead of the guy that was in last and just me and him duking it out and just trying to get every little thing I can get. and. Um, the thing about that series is everybody in it is so good, and I am just not as good, and so I'm just like a, you know, I'm one of the last cars. And uh, but even though I'm still having a blast, but at uh, least well, you
4: made made top split there.
0: <laughs> well, there's only one. Sometimes there's two, but when there's two, I usually still make the top split somehow.
3: Uh, we uh, I didn't really write anything down, but uh, I did a lot of I rating farming basically at Le Mans last week. IMSA was there, IMSA. And that, did pretty well and then this week we're um been mostly running uh well i haven't had a whole lot of time to run but i I ran a couple of races last night at the uh, nuremberg grand prix and uh the aliens were all about three seconds faster than me at that track
0: all right and i started to work on my road skills a bit with the ferrari gt challenge fixed saturday night i ran i got wrecked out when i went off on The uh, track, uh, lap one, I ended up dead last. Sunday, I tried again, P11. I started like 16th and moved forward a bit after getting spun on a pace lap, uh, putting me all the way to the back. They stacked up and I got turned. Uh, But it was cool to move up. Then I ran again. I got P4 after starting ninth. I got doored on the pace lap, but uh, kept my spot. The next time I raced it, I got a P4 after starting 17th. My left shoulder was actually sore after that one. And then I ran again and got a P3 after starting 9th. And so after P4, P4, P3, I called it a week and uh, we'll see where they go next uh, track. Maybe I'll keep running this.
4: I'm sorry, Mike. What what track was that at?
0: That was a Lime Rock.
4: I like that track. That's cool.
3: And I know it's, it
0: intimately, so I think that's why I'm comfortable
3: there. Um, it's really a short track of, of road racing. I mean, the laps are only like 40 seconds, right. 50 seconds.
0: But I was uh, impressed with myself with how well I ran uh, in that particular series. The other one I ran uh, official was NASCAR Legends. Uh, I believe it was Atlanta. I was wrecked out. I qualified six. I ran top 10 till about after halfway. Um, I started to fade just a little bit, and then right in the middle of the corner, I got ran over from behind. I, I mean, I don't know how you, I can miss it, um, but if he hits you right in the back of the bumper in the middle of the corner, you're dumped, and there's not much you can do about it. Uh, that's it for official. Let's move to league and hosted. Um, Greg, uh, you got uh, you and David in the M-Tech, P8 and P7 in points. I don't know what you're talking about, David. They're
2: uh, texting back and forth. It was last weekend. We just did that. Oh, that's an old one. No, Um, all right. I I think my brain's David's uh, brain is his brains. A little melted there. Anyways, we finished P8. Uh, We're seventh in points in this uh, M tech series uh, for the uh, majors. Um, Okay, I know what happened now. It was it was an eventful race.
3: My, uh, I must. I, the uh, information got deleted because I had typed stuff in here for this. Okay.
2: Um, <laughs> we had an interesting race. My, I did the front half of the race, um, and David, I don't know if you want to explain what they did there. With they, they did something different with cautions, and it was kind of interesting to have cautions on a road race.
3: It was really clever, actually. I, I, I loved it. They basically had a, a some some way of tracking exactly how many total incidents had occurred on the track everywhere and so they took data and then picked a certain number of incidents that they were going to throw a caution at and um they said that basically it would work out depending on how dirty everybody was driving to be either one incident or I mean either one caution up to three cautions is what it was probably going to average out it ended up being two and actually the w- the way it timed out was pretty perfect because we we didn't take tires on the first stop and and then Greg was out there about halfway through his next stint and we were uh, and the caution came out and we were like and we he had enough laps to to get full credit for the amateur side of the race Um, So we went ahead and came in and I jumped in and finished out the race on that second set of tires and was able to take less fuel at the end. And that allowed us to climb back up to eighth. It was was a really clever way. I loved how it changed the whole, just the whole nature of the race. Um, It was really cool, actually.
2: I like it. And that track, uh, it was uh, Imola. The difference, between because I had the three series, they had the LMP2s, the GTs and then the GT fours and the speed difference between the LMP twos and the GT fours. I think they were lapping the GT fours. What every five laps, four or five laps.
3: It was pretty quick. And um, a couple there weren't that many GT fours but it it ended up being a kind of a, there were some P twos that were angry with some of the GT fours changing their lane on the straightaway late getting trying to set up for a turn um but it was an interesting challenge uh we did get some damage early like one of the first laps <laughs> we were still it, it, it wasn't your fault it was just it, they stacked up in front of you and uh no time to react the damage wasn't too bad uh it did we ended up having to no there were, were there two events or one my my So
2: the first one one I ran into the back of that car because everybody checked up in the big hard chicane, which we knew was coming, but um, the the second one, one you just had to evade. Well, the LMP2 um, car ran into the back of a GT4 car and shot him off into the grass, but the grass at Imola seems to speed the car up and the car came across back into the track and... Uh, me and another uh, Ferrari that we were racing with had to evade, but as soon as we got onto the grass we kind of just straight went straight for the barrier there was just no there was just no way of avoiding it so I got a little bit more front end damage but the nice thing with the caution was David was able to come in, get the tires we got the driver change and we got the damage fixed which was all a benefit on road that you would never normally
0: have in an IMSA series or anything like that which is really nice to have I like the idea of some kind of random caution happening uh, to kind of mix it up like that. That's a neat idea.
3: And it it did seem to fall when when there was a big situation like that because that had just happened and that racked up a lot of a lot of incident points because there's five or six cars piling up four X's and boom 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 suddenly it goes over the threshold.
2: Well, and it could have happened at any point, Mike, because there weren't there was no incident limit in the whole thing. So, you know, we could get one X's trying to get past the limits and, and get you know get some extra time on the lap so if you've got every car that broke the limits you gotta had caution sooner but uh, it just seemed to run at the right time um, and and the battles were fun like that was one of the more interesting races I've been in with you know I had a lot of for me fun outbreaking uh cars into the first turn it seemed to be the place where I was setting guys up was getting off the last corner and getting down the straightaway drafting them we had a great setup uh, provided by uh, Schoolyard Setups and Mike Morley, again, he did a wonderful job on the setup and um, it ran perfectly. Uh, we just, you know, I guess if we had a little bit more speed out of us, we could have uh, gotten a little bit higher, but we, I, I thought that was a great result for being with the, the amount of talent that's in there.
3: That second wreck, I think cost us a top five because we had a little bit of speed lost, but just also the time lost in the, the combined um one of the things about that the cautions is it was re, the, they went so by so quick it's really hard to get in position for wave arounds so um uh, there was there was no wave arounds essentially once you were a lap down to the to the guys in your class uh depending on whether the leaders was between you or behind you or in front of you, however that luck turned out, they might get to go all the way around and you might be stuck behind the lead prototype. And so there, there was a point, I think when we could only catch like seventh place, right? Seventh or sixth place because of where the cautions fell.
0: All right, let's move on to winter league. I ran the 87 cup car. Um, I think what was that? Sunday night, Monday night. Um, Monday night, and I ended up 23rd out of 27. Yeah, but uh, I, I wasn't great. I was actually up front in top five-ish for a while, just following a guy. And I actually ran into him coming off the corner, and I wasn't even trying to pass him. He was just slower than I thought, and I barely touched him, and he went around. And I felt really bad about it, and uh, yeah, I just ran like crap after that because I was put back in the back and. Uh, Track position was king. Christian Schaliner ended up winning the race. And then, uh, David, you ran last night when with the regular cup car, and I missed it.
3: Yep. Uh, it was Michigan. It was definitely a draft track. And uh, I discovered real quick with that fixed setup how good the outside line was and was making really good progress early in the race. I had climbed all the way up to 12th, even though I qualified like 28th. It was a full 43 car field. Uh, and there, a, a group of us were running in a little pack of four. And the lead car of the pack got real tight on the wall. And he checked up so hard uh, that none of the rest of us reacted in time. And the, all four of us just got collected. Uh, it was about 20 seconds of damage. Uh, but I chose not to take tires. Just trying to set a, save myself a set. Towards the end, and it didn't pay off. Uh, so if they had, if there had been a late caution, I would have been golden. Uh, but as it as it paid off, I I I beat some of the guys who didn't short pit because I did short pit, but I had to rate. I had to run the whole first stint of 40 laps or so after the wreck on 10 lap older tires, and that just cost me time to some people that I was originally as fast as.
0: And who won that race? Oh, good question. I had it on the tip of my tongue, too. I forgot. All right, let's move on to Brian. You got back to the OBRL.
4: Hey. Yeah, I'm back in business, guys. Um, uh, Friday evening, uh, I got a package, and it was my new G2 headset. So uh, I was able to get back in the race. Sunday morning, I, uh, I uh, set everything up, and I was uh, signed up for the uh, OBL. OBRL Cup Series, which was at Michigan, um, So I started in the back because I had you know so much new things from the last time I raced, which was you know probably three four weeks ago. So uh, I started in the back, um, and on lap ten, I got some damage when there was a there was a crash in front of me, and a car that was trying to avoid the the wreck came down, and uh, I made some contact in my right front and a and, uh, kind of messed me up a little bit. I was able to get all the damage cleared up in the pit stall without losing, uh, losing a lap or anything. And, uh, but, but, uh, I was probably about a half a second off of the, off the pace. Early, early in the runs, you know, once, once, once the, um, uh, tires started wearing out, I actually wasn't as bad as I was when everybody was on fresh tires. So it kind of, kind of evened out after a while. But, uh, I was able to stay on the lead lap, even with the damage, and, uh, you know, with a little bit of luck and some pit strategy that worked a little bit and avoiding any other incidents, I wound up uh, getting to a P7. So uh, that was uh, not a bad, uh, not a bad finish considering the damage I had. Uh, Tony, Tony Groves was in the race. And so, was, or no, sorry. So was Tony Rochette. So, uh, Chris Gills finished right in front of me. Uh, we had a green, white uh, checker restart and he uh he was behind me and he he wound up passing me pretty easy because he had fresh tires and i couldn't i couldn't uh i couldn't stay in front of him with the with the uh, damage i had so uh and i think tony got involved in a wreck um real close to the end i'm not sure where he finished it might have been like 10th or something like that so uh yeah it was really good to be back racing again um obrl is doing their um their uh, off week, off series, off week series, which is you know, from the end of um, Phoenix to uh, to Daytona, so it's a twelve week series that they're doing on Sunday mornings. So uh, I'll, I'll stay in that, and uh, and then we'll go from there. But it's really good back to be racing again.
2: Back in the seat. How's how is the seat and the and the movement and everything?
4: Um, the movement is really cool. <laughs> it's really neat. Now. Um, before I got my headset, I had played around with it using my uh, my monitor, which is not in front of me, my, like, a, like a, a typical monitor would be on a rig, it's actually like about four feet away, so it's terrible, terrible to race in, uh, but you know, I just used it, I used that monitor just to dial in some of the motion uh, before I got my new headset, but once you're in the headset and the motions happening, it's completely different. You know, there everything is moving with you. You know, it's not like you're in a room and you're moving, but you know the walls aren't, the ceiling's not moving. Uh, when you're in the headset, it's it's very much more immersive, and uh, it, it's I think it adds a lot more realism to the uh, to the uh, to the uh, sim when it's like that. Um, I'm very happy with the headset, the the G two it's uh the clarity is, is fantastic there's just no no screen door
3: Hot at, spot. at all
4: um the uh yeah it's got a uh the sweet spot uh so uh it's not as big as i was hoping it would be but it, it's i think it's bigger than what i was used to but uh, and uh the clarity and the brightness is very good so uh it's it's a really nice headset i would definitely recommend it
0: Okay. Very good. And I did look up who won that race, David. It was Tyler Hudson from iRacing. That's right. All right. We'll jump to final thoughts. Uh, Brian, you got it first. So, yeah.
4: So uh, I'm just so happy to be racing again. Um, I can't wait to get into more things. Uh, the uh, the uh, the motion simulation simulator uh, is really cool with uh, road cars because you the because of the heartbreaking zones that you don't typically get unless you're like pitting or something, in uh, oval cars. So uh, I'm just looking to test this thing out on a whole bunch of different things. And uh and I.R.X. So far, yeah, I would you need to and go off the trophy jump. trucks,
0: trophy the truck, trucks too. Yeah,
4: so I'll load up Wild Horse or something and
0: see how it works.
4: But yeah, I'm having a great time. I'm so happy everything's back together.
0: All right, well we're happy to have you back on track. And David Hall, what's your final thought?
3: Actually, I have a quick tip for all the Oculus VR users. Greg was talking about it just a second ago. How sometimes you can have problems with screens popping up. One of the worst things that can happen to you is that battery low warning when you're right in the middle of a race at, say, Martinsville. Because it right, it still will just tell you, or it eventually will pop up a pop-up uh, dialog on the screen. Everything will go blue, and you can't see anymore. Uh, not good. Yeah, and so what I finally figured out the the solution when you're in the middle of the race is to take it out, take the controller and take the battery out. Um, and what I would I would do that in the past and I would have the cover on on the the controller and everything, and had to have to take that off, put it somewhere, and then pop the battery out. Well, I've actually figured out now that I'm I just leave the cover off. Of course, I have a little clothes hook on my rig where I can just reach forward and and pick it up and and put it down but now with that close hook there i'm just leaving the cover off and i'm just popping the battery up just enough to where it's disconnected and so i'm basically turning my controller on and off that way saving battery and also not having to worry about digging around with both my hands to get that cover off
0: okay good pro tip there for the oculus uh greg Hector's final thought uh it's been a busy week i'm looking forward to
2: doing some road racing this weekend uh maybe in both the Lamont and IMSA series uh, and maybe do some dirt Uh, might try the oval car or the a car at uh, fairgrounds, but I'm not sure. Um, But uh, yeah, it'll be trying to get the streams and everything going for us here. Um, Still for uh, building some assets for us uh, for it. Um, But we'll, we'll see it's a work in progress and, we'll keep uh keep going uh week by week here and hopefully i can have it built up by the next couple weeks here and uh we can have a good broadcast here
0: on uh, twitch yep and we hope to use some of those video assets for social media posts as well and so looking forward to that and having some video to show you guys okay and my final thoughts is uh wow ferrari gt challenge never thought that was going to be my cup of tea but after getting some top fives and actually moving forward through the field instead of backwards uh, I got my moho back again or something but uh, I was having fun with it I ran it over and over and over until my arm about fell off and uh, I think I'm going to do that again I've been taking some time off uh, here and there just trying to use up some days off and uh, maybe we'll try it again and try to build up that road license because it looks like I'm going to need it next week next year for the NIS when they go to all those road courses uh and i, I don't want to be in bottom split so um we'll see if we can build it up by then and uh we'll go from there and with that we'll uh see you out on the track later thank you for listening to the Racers lounge podcast make sure you go to subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud or google play facebook and twitter see you on the track